My name is Rowley Jacob. I'm honored and happy to introduce Professor Giancarlo Prudu from Rome, Italy. I met Giancarlo almost 40 years ago, and since then we have been good friends, often traveling together in several societies and meetings internationally. Giancarlo was an associate professor at the University of Rome, La Sapienza. And after a fellowship with Professor Albert Trial in 1973 and with Dr. Jack Houston in 1975, he dedicated his professional career to knee surgery. He was one of the founding members of the ISK, the International Society of the Knee in Rome, in 1977. In fact, he was the young initiator and enthusiast who helped to found this society. I met Giancarlo for the first time in Lyon at the first Congress of the ISK in 1979. We were both surgeons of the knee and we contributed together to the foundation of the Isacus Society. Giancarlo, besides surgery and teaching, was an inventor of instruments and techniques. He wanted to make surgery simpler. His ACL guides and other tools helped knee surgeons to do so. He dedicated himself to the techniques of knee osteotomies, and his tools and plates have been used all over the world. The Pudu plate. Giancarlo's first book on patellar subluxation at this location was written with Jack Houston and Michael Walsh in 1984. Since then, he wrote other books and published over 170 papers and chapters. He was president of the ESCAS Society, 1998 to 2000 and member of the board of other Italian and international societies. He was member of various editorial boards and in 2009, he was induced in the AOSSM Hall of Fame. He's married for 47 years to Agneta. They have two daughters and four grandchildren. Congratulations. Giancarlo, if we may just start, I have Absolutely. some questions to you. Can you tell us why you chose knee surgery? Uh, my father was a cardiologist. And when I was a boy and then a teenager, I enjoyed a lot to flying model airplanes. So I enjoyed all my life moving my hands to repair, to find ideas, and to make something flying. I decided then to be a surgeon. I decided to be an orthopedic surgeon because it was the more similar surgery to building airplane models. I did my specialization at the University of Rome. And then I was working as fellow, I had a scholarship in Davos at the Fortune Institute, 
where my other fellow was Reinhold Gans, since then a good friend of mine. Then in 72, Professor Perugia, at the time my chief, sent me to Aix-les-Bains, where there was a meeting on rheumatology. Professor Albert Tria was there, so I had the opportunity to meet, to meet him. And I asked him if the, next, the, the other year, 73, I could become his fellow. I won a scholarship and for many months, I did a very nice fellowship with Albertria. There I had the opportunity to meet with a lot of friends and to, be, to enter totally in the world of knee surgery. Uh, Giancarlo, who were your teachers? I think you're asking who were my teachers in knee surgery and sports medicine. As I told you now, in 73, I did a fellowship in Lyon, where under the direction of Albert Tria, where I met Henri de Jour, Gilles Bousquet, Paul Gramont, the inventor of the reverse shoulder arthroplasty, and Pierre Chambat, who became my best friend all over the years. Then in 75, at the advice of Professor Tria, I did another fellowship in knee surgery in Columbus, Georgia. There I met Dr. Jack Houston, that has been all my life like a second father for me. And I met Jimmy Andrews, that already was a very good and brilliant surgeon. Thanks to Jack Houston and Jimmy Andrews, I entered the world of sports medicine, and I became member of the AOSSM, American Orthopedic Society of Sports Medicine, and of the Aerodicus Society, that you know very well being a member, Raleigh. Since then, I entered not only knee surgery, but the world of knee surgery. Which role had scientific societies in your professional education? I think that scientific societies have a very important role, not only for the education, but for the life. When you go first time in the meeting, you go to learn and you meet some new friend. Then in a third, fourth meeting, you learn and you enjoy the friends. Then when you're getting a little older, you learn, you teach, and you have all the time a good quantity of glass of wine with your best friend. Because from friend, you go in the best friendship, like with you, Rolly. And we had both the, 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 we were so lucky that we were drinking good wine with a lot of good friends. That is certainly true. Uh, now, Going more specifically to the OR, uh, when and why did you change from open to arthroscopic surgery, Giancarlo? The word I never changed to. I was using both techniques because as you told in your interview, you need to know anatomy and you need to know how to open correctly any. 
you cannot be an arthroscopic surgeon. When I did the fellowship with Jack Houston in 75, Jimmy Andrews had in his hands the first scope. And he was trying and testing arthroscopy. I remember all the time Jack Houston entering the OR and asking, may I, may I use it? And the arthroscope was always going out from the joint in a valgus of various condition. He was no more like when he was entering the joint. And Dr. Yusuf was saying, ups, no good, no good. Deformity is too evident. Then, after some meeting in the 70s with Pierre Chambat, we visited Ken Haven in Rochester. And there we learn how an arthroscopy can be done very properly. Fascinated by arthroscopy, I went to visit uh, another time Jimmy Andrews, David Dretz, Doc Jackson, three important people in my educational, in my arthroscopic education. Then I went back in Italy. I started to use the scope and I enjoyed the use of the scope since you see another word to the scope, an anatomy that you never see when you open a knee. But still, I would be afraid of the youngsters that are able only to do every surgery through the scope, perhaps better than what I did, but if they are in trouble, they don't know what to do. Thank you. Now, in the 80s, I remember you, you made uh, ligament guides. Uh, you produced several ligament guides. Why did you do that? First of all, because uh, I enjoy building new things. And uh, I think that uh, the guides are very helpful to make simple surgery for everybody. I remember, and I'm sure that you remember, when we went in many meetings and there was some uh, practical section, we saw a lot of surgeons doing reconstruction without any guide. And uh, it is better that we don't remember the results of this surgery. I think that the reconstruction of a knee with a total or a uni is, coming, is, is very good now because we have guides. We have all the system that help the surgeon. Since my ward was dedicated to ACL and PCL, I dedicated myself to the construction of ACL and PCL guides. And uh, I used to give these guides to the friend and everybody was enjoying the guides for the facility of his use. Yeah, I, I remember how then suddenly you came with a guide that was different from the other ones. While we did inside out, you came with one out in or in out. Could you clarify a little bit what you changed there in the conceptions of uh, guides so, to be used for the ACL? I have to go back because uh, I remember we had an Aerodicus, an Aerodicus meeting in Park City in Utah. And I went there with my wife, Agnete, with my two daughters. 
Going to Park City, I stayed a couple of days, guest of Tom Rosenberg, in Salt Lake City. And he invited me in his uh, surgery. And I saw for the first time the in-out technique that was uh, invented by Tom Rosenberg. And uh, I understood, but I didn't like so much his technique immediately because uh, looking to the to the surgery, to the technique, I found that it was always too vertical. The reconstruction of the ACL was too vertical. And as you know, if the ACL is, too, is very vertical, you can control the Lachman, but you cannot control so well the pivot shift. But uh, more useful for me was when Tom Rosenberg show me his technique of uh, the Rosenberg view, the standing X-ray of the knee in posterior anterior at 45 degrees, projection that I already saw very similar in Lyon, where they called it uh, the shoes view, the view of the downhill racer. And uh, the projection of Tom Rosenberg helped me all the life to have a good indication for an osteotomy. I think that I have to thank him, not for the in-out, but for the projection of the downhill. Then I visited many friends and almost everybody changed from out-in to in-out. Personally, all my life, I reconstructed my ACL using the out-in technique. I changed guide. I organized the so-called retro-drill technique. But for me, you can arrive to an atomic femoral point of the ACL only passing through the condylar femur, going from out to in. I am an old man, but living in Rome, where I did all my surgery, I have the pleasure to meet very often with some patient that I operated of facial reconstruction 35 years ago, 30 years ago, or more. And most of these people are very happy with the surgery. What can change the result, and you know it better than me, is the meniscectomy. I can see all my patients that had an ACL and a suture of the meniscus or had an ACL reconstruction without a meniscectomy. They stay very well for a long period. On the contrary, as you know, it's different for the people that had the meniscectomy. Uh, Giancarlo, still a word. Uh, I would like to grab your... Uh... Uh, brain uh, regarding the osteotomies. Uh, how do you explain the discrepancy between the frequency of osteotomies being performed in Europe versus in the United States? How do you explain that discrepancy? I think that at the moment, in the, no, first of all, in the United States, there are two types of uh, knee surgeons. 
the participant of the knee society that are the surgeons that are doing mostly total a uni prosthetic device. Then the others that are part of the sports medicine society. Now, to persuade somebody that is doing a lot of total knee that he could make osteotomies is difficult, but not impossible. I was invited, let's say, 25 years ago or more on, lake, on the Lake Maggiore by the Insol Society and personally by John Insol, and I presented there my first results of my type of open wedge osteotomy with a little plate. They were discussing, but after some year, they started doing osteotomy. The problem is that they are not enlarging the indication as the sports medicine doctor, because the most important part of the osteotomy world now is that, thanks God, many surgeons understood that to obtain a good results treating laxity or instabilities, you need to make an osteotomy or before or at the same time. When you have a knee that has an axial deviation, you can do to this knee everything you like, reconstruct, pulling a ligament, or doing what you like, but if you not correct the axis, you will get always a bad results. That's why I don't agree with you, Rolly. I think that at the moment in the United States are making almost as many osteotomies as in Europe. Well, uh... I don't agree with you. <laughs> there is a, there, if you look at the statistics in literature, there is an uh, amazing difference uh, between the frequency. And uh, you laid out very nicely that there are uh, definite reasons to do osteotomies also in the sports medicine uh, field. Uh, and uh, increasingly now, uh, with uh, high slopes, tibial slopes, and the risk uh, to uh, go into uh, a recurrency of the instability, uh, there is uh, agreement that you should be more frequently applying osteotomies. So what was your relation with medical companies? You produced so many uh, devices and uh, can you give us a little bit of your experience and advice? I, I think that the relation between the orthopedic surgeon and the medical companies can be of two types. The most common is that the surgeon is using a tool, a product from a medical company. But the most important thing is that and that I am afraid that often is the publicity of the medical company that push the surgeon to use his product. That's why I believe that before you're using a new product, you should go to visit some surgeon that has a better experience than you of this product so that you don't learn by yourself or you learn at the stand of the company in a meeting. You have to learn in a surgical room or you have to learn better doing surgery on a cadaver. That's why now many medical companies offer cadaver 
to try to use and to teach how to use a product in an easy way without any danger for the patient. Then there is a second relationship, the one I had and you had. That means we have an idea, we propose the idea to the medical company, and if we have the possibility to start a good feeling with a medical company, they will accept our product and we will be protected in some way by the medical company. The problem is that a medical company wants a product that is, first of all, very simple, very usable, and very cheap. In many cases, I was proposing, or a good friend of mine were proposing new tools to a medical company, but were too complicated. And the medical company doesn't like complicated things. Because if you like to sell a product to everybody, means that the product is very easy to use. But in the same time, you cannot pass your life doing a publicity for the medical company that did your product. In exchange, the medical company offered to you the possibility to travel all over the world, showing what you did with the medical company. My approach has been in many cases that I was invited by somebody and the trip was offered by the medical company. But if I go to New Zealand and I am invited by the New Zealand Club of the Knee and I introduce something new, that is the pleasure of the life because I have new friends. The wine in New Zealand is very good, especially the white. And so you have always the same opportunity to enjoy your product, to teach something in surgery, to discuss our orthopedic life with a friend and to increase the quantity of friendship that after all has been the basis of our life. Giancarlo, uh, any advice for the young people? This was more the advice for the older guys who drink wine, but how about the young people? So my advice uh, of the, to the young people is very easy. First of all, to learn as soon as possible language. Because only if you speak more than your language, you will look to the rest of the world and you will be part of the rest of the world. And mostly you will be able to read a good journal. Because what for me is the most important thing is that a young must publish, if he, he likes, in a good journal. What is a good journal? A good journal, like the American Journal of Sports Medicine, the ESCA Journal, Arthroscopy, are a very specialized journal that accept only sincere and very good work. Because if you take other journals, very often you have the possibility to read articles magnifying the success of techniques that you and I, Rolly, we know are not existing. So the only way for a young is to speak English, speak French, read the good journal. If possible, start to go to the meeting, national 
and if possible, international. My experience is that if a young orthopedic surgeon like to win a scholarship is not so difficult because not many people are asking for a scholarship. And now all the international and national society are offering scholarship and fellowship in your country at the board. Third, a third, other thing is that uh, the young orthopedic surgeon must be humble because after 10 reconstruction of the ACL, he loses his humility and he starts to be not humble, but too sure of himself. Second, he must be member of many societies because as I told you before, you learn from the society and you're part of something that will be your family for all the rest of your life. Careful with new product. Before you use a new product, ask to the senior what he thinks about. Last thing that I would advise a youngster is that if you look to the bibliography in the recent papers, after the year 2000, but never before 2000. And as uh, I spoke with Rolly and we discussed it many times, orthopedics, like every type of life, is a wheel. And so if you start reading the most important classic, you learn not only for the present, but you learn for the future. And uh, when uh, Rolly and I, we were member of the archive, committee in the ISACOS, we sponsored and we pushed many times that the old people should write classic. But still now we are waiting for it. Well, yes, uh, that's, I'm, I'm sure, a very good stimulus to us older gentlemen. Uh, you will soon see appearing an article on uh, pretty, on pretty. Kenneth Pretty, that we wrote in the last six months. An interesting person. And we're waiting for many more to learn more about those individuals who didn't have a lot of papers being produced, but they had an essence to contribute and to bring over. Now, Slowly coming to the end of our interview, I'm still interested to know uh, about the history and your, your contribution, your founding, helping founding the ISK in Rome. We started with this and why not end with this? Tell us a little bit more anecdotes about this part of your life. Okay, when I was uh, in Columbus, with Dr. Hewson, we had the idea to found an international society. He was already the founder of the American Orthopedic Society for Sport Medicine. He contributed and pushed Jimmy Andrews to found the Aerodicus Society. And the idea was to found an international society of the knee. Jack Hewson had a very good idea to organize for three years a meeting in Callaway Gardens, a beautiful place in Georgia, inviting the most prominent 
knee surgeons of Europe. And then at the time, that was 76, 77, 75, and we started discussing with all the others prominent surgeon. I was only very often the translator. And so a translator has always the option to sit apart, but to heard everything. And Cabot was there. Albert Tria and Henri de Joux were there. The most important people from Germany, from Switzerland, Müller, from UK, went there. And then Professor Tria invited us in Lyon. And I went from Rome and Dr. Houston went from Columbus. I will remember all my life this evening because Albertria invited Jack Houston, myself, Henri de Jour, and Pierre Chambat to the best trois étoiles restaurant near Lyon. We had a fantastic evening. We discussed the society and we arrived to a good conclusion. But I will remember all my life when going out of the restaurant, and going to take the car, Dr. Tria told me, Giancarlo, I tell you the truth, that cost to me has five ACL reconstruction. Anyway, we decided to have the first meeting in Rome, where a lot of friends were present from the States, from Europe. And we founded officially the ISK. Then the first meeting where I met Rolly Jacob was in Lyon in 79. Since then, we had various meetings and we understood that we should have a common meeting with the IAA, International Arthroscopy Association. And in some case, I was the program chairman of the ISK, in some other case, in Australia of the IAA, we met and we begin to be all very good friends. And thanks to David Dandy, Ken Daven, Pete Fowler, Rolly Jacob, in Hong Kong, we arrived to the fusion of the two societies and we build up what is the ISACOS society that now is really a very important, a big society to educate people all over the world. I think that, uh, I thank my wife, Agneta, that was uh, so nice with me, to travel with me almost all the time. And uh, I like to thank all my friends all over the world. I don't say the surviving, because they all survive in my heart and in my mind. Thank you, Rolly. And uh, I hope that uh, my interview was good. I can assure you, your interview was good. And it was fascinating to hear those stories of the beginning of the existence of our dear society, Isakos. And uh, we wish you all the best for future. Uh, as you remember, as I said, surviving means everything at our age. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you.